You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. I've got Kerry Phipps in the studio with me, and she has a message. Do talk to strangers. You know how your mum always said, never talk, don't talk to strangers? Well, Kerry's got a different idea. So we're going to say hello to Kerry. How are you? Good morning, Karen. Great to be here. So great to have you in the studio. Tell you what, this woman is an inspirational woman. She had a story even coming here from the taxi driver. She talks to everyone. She's so full of beautiful, inspirational stories. Do talk to strangers. Absolutely do talk to strangers. (laughs) There are so many beautiful people out there and they're just on the other side of a hello. They are, absolutely. It's so interesting. I was at the supermarket yesterday afternoon and walked into the elevator. There's a man standing there. It's just the two of us. I turned around and said, Hi, how are you? The shock on their faces. Yes. <laughs> he kind of looked up, but then this big grin comes across his face and he goes, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yes. <laughs> he just doesn't expect <laughs> people to talk. The big smoke. No one talks to each other. So tell us about your taxi drive here. Well, yes, in every encounter this week, buses, trains and taxis, there's always someone lovely to talk to. This morning, and I might have to ask for forgiveness, if I pronounce this beautiful man's name incorrectly, but from memory, Isat, he is just such a lovely soul. And I got in the taxi and I said, good morning. And he said, what a wonderful morning. Just one wonderful customer after another, because I was getting in as another girl was getting out. I said, I don't have to go far, but I don't want to be puffed when I get to the radio station. And he just started saying what a beautiful morning it was. And, and he said, it was so poetic. God has created the the universe, like it's his canvas. And he just painted such a picture with words, you know, and the sun lighting our way and nourishing the plants that nourish us and just extraordinary. So I couldn't do it justice, what he shared, Mm -hmm. but it was like the heavens declare the glory of God. You know, that was what came to mind for me. And you you have a, a brief interaction with somebody like that and you might just impact their day. You might just impact that moment, but that all makes a difference. Because yeah. we just go from, from one encounter to another mm-hmm. and the more positivity that we have, the better brain health that we have mm-hmm. and the more functional we are, the more we get done in the day mm-hmm. and the, the better impact we have on others because we influence others around us more than we realise. And you see that when you get on a train and somebody just, you know, barges in with a suitcase and everybody around gets impacted by that. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not touched by it, mm-hmm. they see it and they're just annoyed that somebody else is annoyed or, or hurt or injured. Likewise, we can just come in with a big smile and people start to look around and like, oh, it, it's okay to smile at somebody. And then there might be something to, to talk about. The other day it was just, a, you know, the announcements that come over the, the train carriage and it was so quiet. And so there was a girl sort of across and down a little bit from me and we just started giggling because it was like, we know he's saying something, but we can't hear a word. But that was just the little connection point. Yeah, so you had a giggle with her. Yeah, yeah, which was really nice. And as we got off, because there were people in between us, I wanted to catch up with her and say, keep doing that. Don't grow out of that. She looked like she was about 19, Uh but she turned to her brother then and said, can you hear the announcement? 
but I had suitcases and I couldn't catch up with her. And I mean, I could have yelled out like, hey, beautiful girl with the long blonde hair in front of me, turn around, I want to say something. (laughs) But I have to confess, I let the moment go. But this is what I want to say to young people that I connect with on the trains. I love that they are happy to connect Yeah, because I can share those stories with older people who say, Young people don't want to talk these days. They want to, they, they don't want to talk to strangers and they just keep to themselves and they just keep their technology plugged into their ears. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. They don't. That's they right. are so open to a conversation mm-hmm. and they love learning from older people. They love getting different perspectives. But it's very easy to get on the train and see everyone else on their phone and so go, oh, well, I will too. Yeah, follow the crowd, be yeah. part of the sheep. Don't yeah. be part of the sheep. <laughs> Look, you know, I was playing Sean Anchor before in the last hour. He's a positive psychologist. Oprah's in love with him. I've got to say I'm in love with him too. I sent him a message and I said everything that you talk about it that is psychology, I would call spirituality it's, yeah. it, because it's the same message. And he mm. said, well, that's how I came across it, you know, like he calls it positive psychology because that's what the world understands. Yes. So he has a massive platform. And uh, he was saying that longevity is equated more to social interaction Mm -hmm. than it is to diet. Or Mm. and I've got to say, I talk about her a lot. My dad's cousin who died last year at ninety-five. She never did an exercise class in her life. Wow! And she never really ate particularly healthy food or what's deemed healthy today. She liked her cakes and she liked her meat and she liked her wine. It wasn't like she drank a lot of it. Everything in moderation. But she loved people. Mm. She loved people. Yes. And everywhere she went, she was talking to them everywhere. And at 95, she was like, how do I die? I'm finished now. I want to go because she wasn't sick. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But she felt that time's up. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm 95. How much longer? I had a beautiful conversation with my grandma just a couple of weeks ago. As of the last couple of weeks since then, she's she's really slipped and it's like she's just asleep all the time. How old is she? 95. She's 95. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And Granddad just turned 97 wow. on Thursday. Wow. So this conversation that, that really is, is the last conversation that I've had with Grandma, she just said, oh, I've had a wonderful life. Oh, the Lord has been so good to me and so many, such a beautiful family. And she just started talking about all the blessings in her life uh-huh. and I thought, how extraordinary. She she lost a baby because of hospital negligence and she had a husband. They were married for five days and then he was back to frontline action in Papua New Guinea. And there have been so many heartbreaks in her life. Yeah. But she just reflected on her life and said, I've had a wonderful life. And wow. I just thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. And another thing that she said that really stood out to me years ago, my uncle asked her a question and I'm not sure what the question was, but her response was, It was about walking into a room and I think being confident to talk to people. Yeah. But her response was, oh, well, I just assume everyone will like me. And so because she wasn't guessing or worrying about how she appeared to people, she was just present and there for other people. So she could connect and welcome people because it was about others. Yeah. And I just, uh, I, I feel like I've got such a, a rich history in all of my family, grandparents on both sides that lived beyond 95. They all were connectors and welcomers. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I was never told, don't talk to strangers. You were never told, don't talk to strangers. But I you're a country taught, gal, aren't yeah. you? You're brought up in the country. There's just more connection up in the country for some reason. It's crazy. We live in the city where we're squashed up against each other. I can hear my next door neighbour, you know, on the toilet. <laughs> 
Nobody in the blow their nose. <laughs> it's, we're so close to each other wow. and yet there is this sort of distance between yeah, us. The walls when, go up. Yeah, when we walk around in the street and the supermarket and shops mm. and stuff. Maybe because there's too many people. What do you mm. think it is? Well, I think it's actually easy to look at where it might be easier somewhere else. But I find I've talked to people in the country who've said, oh, no, people aren't friendly out here because you have to know someone, you have to have been here for like 50 years. And I think it really is our perception. Yeah. Because I I spoke to a young man who said, when I came to Australia, uh, I found nobody, nobody talks to strangers here. And then I spoke to a girl on a plane recently who was from Europe and she said, everybody is so friendly in Australia. And she pretty much has just been in Sydney. Yeah. And she was on a regional flight with me. And so I think it's just our experience. The thing is, just as human beings, wherever we are, there are challenges in connection. There is like a need to be vulnerable and and step out and say hi or offer to help and know that that could be rejected. Mm, But the mm. thing is, we think it will be rejected most of the time when it actually will be so appreciated most of the time. Absolutely. And every now and then when somebody just goes, no, I'm fine, thanks, and we want to shut down and go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. That actually is probably more about where they're at. It's not that we approach them wrong or we we got it wrong because we can be very quick to blame ourselves. They've just got other stuff going on. Yeah. They just weren't ready for that interaction. Yeah. Well, you know, I talk about vibration. I talk about law of attraction. And when you hold a positive, friendly vibration, you attract positive, friendly people no matter where you are. The grumpy one will miss you. He'll not get in the lift. He'll miss the lift. You know what I mean? You'll get in the lift and the grumpy one will miss it because there's that magnetism that's attracting us to each other. It's really fantastic. And that's why children... I think I was telling you before that Esther Hicks from the teachings of Abraham, you know, we teach our children not to speak to strangers because children are so open and they want to speak to Mm. everyone. And that fear of what if there are these awful people out there that can hurt my child so I better protect my child Mm. and tell them not to talk to strangers. But rather than telling them not to talk to strangers because strangers can come in really handy if you are in a -hmm. a situation where you need to talk to a stranger, is listen to how you feel because a stranger will approach and you always know if that person is happy or sad or or dangerous or not mm. or annoying or not, you can feel it. Everyone feels it. Mm. Everyone. I once read in a book years ago that we're all communicating telepathically, all of us. We couldn't drive our cars if we weren't. And, you know, if when you're driving in a car and sometimes you look at someone, you know that they're looking at you, you turn to the car <laughs> next to you and you're like we're speaking telepathically to each other all the time. So rather than teaching our children not to speak to strangers, tell them to speak to whoever they feel comfortable speaking to and, yeah, be joyful and happy and they'll attract joyful, happy people. Yeah, to, to be aware and listening to, um, to your intuition, absolutely. Yeah. I was... At a, a conference recently with Peter Walsh, who is based in the US, Oprah's organisation. Love you know Peter, Peter Walsh, yeah. yeah. What does he say? It's all too much. He's the cleaner guy. Yes, yeah, he's written so oh, many books. Anyway, so just over dinner he was sharing that a child in the US recently had been lost in, in a wilderness for about seven or eight days. Right. And the entire time that the search parties were out, he was hiding from them. Wow. Because he was so fearful of talking to strangers. Wow. And so I think in terms of children, they need to know that. And I ask other parents because I think, well, I've grown up in this this beautiful bubble of 
connecting with people and asking for help. So I'll interview people I'm on planes with and what do you teach your children? And and I remember a lady saying, well, I teach them to, if they got separated from me, because, you know, generally they're with you or they're with the school. Yeah. But if they get separated to look for somebody in uniform or to look for another mum, but they teach their children where is a safe place to connect. And I think that's what we need to do as adults is look, where is a safe place to connect? And and if we're going to be proactive, we can step a bit out of the comfort zone and we wonder where it might not be entirely safe, like this guy might be a bit cranky and not want to talk to me, you know, it's just not quite emotionally safe. But we can take that step for other people because we think he, he needs a smile on his face. I'm just going to like step out there and just go, good morning, <laughs> see what happens. Oh, darling, you're walking on sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Favourite song. This, one, this one's for Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is a great song. That is an that is an illustration of those moments of connection where we just I know we've just met, or I know I've just set eyes on you, but could I take that the next step? Could I say hello? And this reminds me. Can I share with you a little story from Anzac Day for last sure, year? For sure. Let me just tell people who's speaking. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Kerry yeah. Phipps is oh, you're with Karen accentuating the positive. We've got Kerry Phipps in the studio. Do talk to strangers. She's actually written a book about it. Do talk to strangers. And we've got so many things to talk about. Her and I, we just yap to anyone. We could yap all day, couldn't we? I tell you what. <laughs> and she was on. She's famous. She was on the front of the Sydney Morning Herald Telegraph. Oh, the, the, oh got that wrong. The the Sunday Telegraph. There we go. I'm looking straight at it with her mother and her grandfather on Anzac Day. Great big, and it says, mates, larrikins, heroes, forever. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's such a great cover. Such that- an incredible privilege. The photographer emailed me and he was just, he was stoked because he said, out of the hundreds of photographs, the one I took of you and your family was the one that the editor felt was the best for for just sharing the the mood of the day and, you know, the celebration of these soldiers who just had such extraordinary attitudes and the mateship and larrikins I was explaining to a lady on the train who was from another country what does larrikins mean (laughs) (laughs) so I talked about their sense of humor and you know in terms of talking to strangers one of my best connections happened in Kokoda when I went there with granddad two years ago so he was 94 and a half and we spent a week in Kokoda village with several other veterans and we became great mates. But hearing them share their stories was really extraordinary. Mm, and would be. I just felt very strongly that we need to bring their messages into our everyday life, not not just Anzac Day to stand and, and you stand side by side with strangers. And I see people, you know, looking at each other and sharing tears and sharing smiles and talking to each other on the train on the way in after the dawn service. Uh-huh. We were at Padstow and uh-huh. went to that dawn service. Then we came into the city and there's just an air of connection. It's like it's okay to connect and people are wearing medals and so we we know they have a story and we feel more free to ask about that. 
on Anzac Day. But we pass those people in the street every day. Mm. You know, everyone has a story. Everyone's loved and lost. Mm. And we can bring that same empathy and compassion and sense of mateship and it's not about who you are but it's like here is another human being that I can just step in and support right now. And I think if we all had that kind of empathy, just, just more awareness of that, I think people can be afraid that if they be empathetic and compassionate and talk to strangers, they're not going to have time to get their work done. Absolutely. But they actually will have a much better day. They'll be far more productive if they just take the moments that they see where they can just be a friend, be a fellow human being to somebody else. Oh, I know. The Karen Drucker, I'm just thinking Karen Drucker has this beautiful song. It's actually a poem. It's written by an old man in a hospital bed and, and it says, can you see me? I've lived a life, I've been in the war, I've fallen in love, I've had my heart and, and he's thinking mm. this and someone wrote a poem. And Karen Drucker, this beautiful singer from the States, put the words to music and mm. I'll, I'll play it for, for you later because oh, it just speaks to that. Yeah. You know, there's so much beauty and wisdom in our old people and, and yet people pass them on the street and don't find their stories. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And people sometimes say to me, you know, when they see that photo of granddad, you know, oh, it's the end of an era and they just don't make good people like that anymore. And But we, we can live those values. Absolutely. It just takes awareness and choices. Absolutely, mm. absolutely, awareness. Mm. And the world has to shift. I mean, when I was speaking to Hope, my um, relative at, who died at 95, when I asked her what was her most exciting time of life, she said during the war. Wow. It's such a heightened time of life. She wasn't in the war. She was in New Zealand at the time. Yep. But there was just, it was such a heightened time of life and there was a, there was a lot of connection because, mm. because there was a lot of tragedy. Yes. And tragedy does make connection. Funerals, everyone's hugging each other. Mm. But we have to create connection without the tragedy because mm. the, the wars have got to stop. We've got mm. to stop creating wars to create connection. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I've actually got a section in the book about, you know, different moments where we connect. There's a chapter called in adversity, traumatic times and, you know, just everyday challenges. But in adversity, it's where it most counts. And that's where people do rush in. Because when I was writing the book, that's when the, the Boston Marathon bombings occurred. Right. And you see people running in to help. Yeah. And it was the same. There's a World Trade Center story in there as well. People yeah. helping each other mm. and just little moments of talking to strangers mm. where you just see a little something. There's a story of a man just picking up an earring that a lady dropped. Yeah. You know, they were leaving shoes behind down the street when they ran away from the Twin Towers. But he just picked up an earring and gave it to the lady. And then she opened her home to him for the next week until he could get back to Australia. So just little things make a big difference. And we just need to not hesitate. If you think it, like, you don't have to go out trying to connect. Mm. But just to be open to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yes. The connected world. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, some people love him, some people hate him, the founder of Facebook. Yes. <laughs> I think they hate him because he's so rich. But that was actually his whole thing. He wanted people to connect. Yeah. He wanted more connection in the world. And it's great that we have that connection without the drama. We don't need the drama to create the connection. I have to say that, you know, talking about uh, September 11, people said that New York after that was never more connected because yes. that was New York was a place where people would walk over dead people in the street. That was the saying, you know, like you wow. could fall down in the street and people would walk over you because they were busy to a meeting or busy, yeah. too busy yeah. to, to stop and connect. But after that it was a completely transformed yes. city. I don't know what it's like now. Like you said before, it depends on you, what's going to happen to you. That's right. That's you're, right. Who you're smiling at, who you're open to talking to. 
everyone will have a different experience because everyone holds a different perspective. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> even even Facebook, like, well, my Facebook and your Facebook, it looks like a really positive world. But Absolutely. I know that some people would, would hear Facebook and think, oh, drama and chaos and nastiness. And well, that's I, I don't see that in yeah. my world. Facebook's, yeah. you know, Facebook's like the mini world. Yeah. I was having a big argument with my brother about it because he only, he's not on Facebook. Yeah. His wife is not on Facebook. He doesn't allow his children to be on Facebook because he only hears what the media says about about it, yeah. that their people get bullied and their kids are committing suicide over the bullying and all this. And so he just figured it was a really bad thing. Yes. So he has this big argument with me. He's screaming and yelling because he's saying that Facebook's such a bad thing. And I'm like, <laughs> but you're actually not even on it. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Facebook's actually how we connected. Absolutely. And it was hilarious because you just found the page, didn't you? Do you talk to strangers? I did, yeah. And I saw your name and I was like, oh, hello, welcome. And then I'm at Sam Cawthorn's event the next day. That's right. I meet a lady in the bathrooms. We have a quick chat. And I said, oh, I've got a book to recommend you. One of my colleagues has written a book that would be perfect for your husband. So we head back into the conference room and I think I was showing her the Do Talk to Strangers group and I said, oh, and this lady, Karen, just, you know, joined last night and she said, oh, I know her. She's sitting beside me. (laughs) I was like, you're here. Did you connect with me because you knew I'd be here today? How did that happen? No. Synchronicity, complete synchronicity. (laughs) I saw the Do Talk to Strangers. I thought, oh, that's me. I talk to strangers all the time. And then the next day I go and there you are. (laughs) Hilarious. hilarious? It's really cool. So what was that story that you wanted to tell us? Okay, just the quick Anzac story was last year when we were marching and, you know, we march with Grandad each year. There are thousands, literally thousands of cameras in our faces, like taking photos. And I just thought, we we don't see any of these photos. And it would just be really lovely to, to see one. And so the next photographer that stepped out, I said to him, do you have a card? And he said, no, I don't. Do you? And I said, no. <laughs> and then he said, what's your number? Which is like the Call Me Maybe song that reminded me. So we're marching along and I'm calling my phone number back over my shoulder and he's typing it into his phone. He buzzed me. And later that day he texted me and said how he was so moved by the whole march and and he said it would be such an honour if he could meet my granddad and Aww. do a portrait for him, you know, at no charge. He just wanted to, to meet him and have conversations. And so he did and now he's actually told Grandad that every Anzac march that he does, he'll give him a bottle of Jamison's. And so <laughs> I just had to let him know the other day that he is up for a bottle and Grandad's determined to be marching till he's 100. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. It's good to have something to look forward to, like yeah. to move forward to. Absolutely. He's yes. determined to be marching till 100. That's so beautiful. Yes. I'm going to play you this song now by Karen Drucker. This is called See Me and it's about Great. the old man in hospital who's being treated like a corpse in a bed basically wow. yeah. and he's having this thought about being seen because no one sees him oh makes me cry oh gosh i'm going to come back and have more delicious conversations with kerry after this
Accentuating the positive, and we've got the delicious Kerry Phipps <laughs> in the studio. She's so delicious. I tell you what, we need more Kerry Phippses in the world. The world <laughs> would be a better place. It would be definitely a much shinier place if there was more of you around. That's for sure, for sure. Uh, and her philosophy is: do talk to strangers. <laughs> She's written a book about it, actually. And I've got one here to give away to a subscriber: it's how to connect with anyone, anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere, anytime, <laughs> anywhere. There's no reason to ever be lonely in this world. There's like 7 billion of us on the planet. There's a few <laughs> hundred outside your front door. Go out and talk to them. So what are some other stories that you've had? Gosh, I've, I've talked to strangers in all kinds of places and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, a young person who just needs some encouragement with whatever their career or their, their study and sometimes they ha- they share surprising insights. Yeah, I met a young girl on the steps of Central Station, and she had dark black and bright green hair, and uh, this the cutest face. And I actually had just published the book, and I had like the first copy in my bag. Uh-huh. And anyway, so we, we're sitting there chatting, and we got chatting because of a big issue seller across the street, and they were you know doing something to to catch attention. I've got a great big issue seller story in the book, actually, beautiful man I met in Perth, but. We started talking about what, what did he just say over there and then we, I told her about the book and she was like, oh, this is so wonderful. She's like, you know, there's just not enough 
connection in the world. She's like everyone's on their devices and then we don't get to talk to each other. And she really saw that. You know, she's not someone who is just on her technology because she'd rather be there. Mm. She's she's using that when she's on the train because she doesn't know who might step out and have a conversation with her. You know, but somebody's got to be the first person. Mm. And I think so many people say, but what happens after you smile and say hello because I've got in, in the asking in the asking model there's the A is awareness which I've already talked about and S is start small start with a smile and people wonder what about after that does it get awkward when you don't know what to say next first of all I would say to that just be okay with awkward mm. you know like because it's only momentary and often if you pause the other person will say something and it's really interesting you can say well, this is awkward. And then exactly. you have a laugh. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is awkward. I've got nothing else to say to you now. <laughs> and I did meet a girl one one day at Homebush and I just said, hi, this might sound a bit awkward, but I just wanted to meet you because I just keep noticing you around the place. She just was tall. She had beautiful, straight, gorgeous red hair and she was just so stylish and it's like she's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you sometimes you see somebody you go, I like her. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think I'd like to have a conversation with yeah, her. Exactly. And you don't know where to start, yeah, but you just yeah. say, "Excuse me, this might be awkward, but I just wanted to say hello to you." <gasps> and then she said, "Oh, that's wonderful! Like, where are you from?" And I said, "I'm from Dubbo." And she went, oh, "My friend's moving to Dubbo next week, and she doesn't know anyone. Can I introduce you?" And so then her friend Paula became a friend of ours, and we spent quite a bit of time with her, and took her out to my parents' farm where we had a sleep out and saw a snake the next morning go past our pillows. So all kinds of adventures, <laughs> but it was just. That was an awkward moment, but I just felt like I want to say hello. Yeah. It is absolutely life transforming. As mm -hmm. a young girl, I don't know if my parents did tell me not to talk to strangers or not. I can't actually remember that Mm. that advice, but I didn't think it was okay. And I think there was some idea that I had to be cool Mm. or something or I don't know. Anyway, very insecure as a young Mm. girl, incredibly insecure. And, And the more spiritual work I did, the more I opened up and the more enlightened I felt, the more light I felt, Mm. the more friendly I became. Someone said to me once at a party, are you a city girl, Karen? And I said, yep, grew up in Vaucluse, went to a private school. (laughs) They said, we never would have thought that because you have that country friendly attitude, you know, because usually people that grow up around money and went to private schools, they're even more protected. They Mm. more, I mean, I remember, actually, I remember my parents telling me, you, you really wouldn't want to meet people that sort of lived past Double Bay because they weren't our type of people. Like, can you <laughs> believe it? And then I went to a school where people from Maroubra were at and I thought, I've been lied to. Wow. You know, I've been lied to. I remember I was about 13, 14 and meeting people, strangers or girls or friends and that were not from my neck of the woods and thinking I have been lied to. Wow. What else did they lie to me about mm-hmm. was what I thought. Mm. I started, that was when I started my journey. Mm. But it is life-transforming when you do open up and you you let go of that insecurity around talking to strangers. I had a, a moment, a series of moments fairly close together where it shifted my confidence and it shifted my perspective of people. So I met Ray Martin and Mike Munro and Richard Branson all within a very short space of time. When was this this year? No, that was 2010. Mike Munro? Richard Branson and who else? And Ray Martin. And Ray Martin. Wow. Yeah. That was quite All an adventure. Really lovely man, yeah. lovely conversations. And people were saying, oh, my gosh, how do you get to meet these people? I said, well, two of them came to Dubbo, so that kind of made it easy. And, yeah. and the queue to get their book and meet them, you know, in, in Ray's case, was um, much smaller than if you were queuing up in Sydney. So he had time for a chat. He loves country people. 
And I just really got that famous people are people. You know, they they don't want to be gushed over. You know, maybe some do if they're new to fame. But people who have been around for a long time, they've got enormous credibility, they're famous, but they live and breathe. They're people Mm. and they appreciate respect and manners just like Mm. any of us. They, They appreciate being listened to and acknowledged for the work that they do. So it really shifted the way that I saw people. Meeting Richard Branson, who was the third of those, it was a very easy conversation because he's very present. Like yeah. He will look you in the eyes and acknowledge you and thank you. I was actually giving him my previous book called Lifting the Lid on Quiet Achievers. It's success stories of regional entrepreneurs. So I felt I had to go all the way to Perth, <laughs> put this book in his hands and say thank you on behalf of everyone in the book. And one of them is actually arriving shortly, but I promised her I wouldn't put it on air. <laughs> just remembering that. But to just thank him, and he was just so moved by that. And then when his minder was saying, keep moving, keep moving, because they wanted to get him out so because he didn't have time to talk to people that day, he just put his arm around me and said, we'll have to keep walking. So we just walked like that. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> it was really lovely. Yeah. But I just thought, I don't think we ever have to get too busy and we can just organise ourselves, you know, get people around us to help us if we are that busy. Mary Kay is another great example. She would stand and wait for hours while all these women came to shake her hand and say thank you for the difference that she'd made yeah. in their lives. Yeah. And she would look them in the eye because she decided that she wanted to be present and she wanted to be there for each person. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So well, we can do that. Stick we- around. We're going to have more of a chat okay. with Kerry because we've got things to say. And at 10.30 I'm going to be chatting with Kim Hubner about Living Ocean. Here's one from Bruce Springsteen. I'm on fire. I think that's you, Kerry. You're on fire. I'm talking with Kerry Phipps. Do talk to strangers. We're talking about connection, 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 connection. Absolutely. And uh, she was telling me that the taxi driver here was just this beautiful, gorgeous, glorious person talking about the joys of life, love in the universe. It's funny, isn't it? Who's behind the strange face? What philosophy they have for you? They say that when you're open, everyone is your teacher. Mm. everyone is Mm. your teacher when you're open to that you know a lot of spiritual gurus out there like me and you (laughs) we think that we're out there to teach people but actually every encounter is a teaching in itself absolutely I'm always learning from the people that I'm meeting you know in taxis and trains and just in the street it's just extraordinary who you meet and the conversation you have and how that can just spark an insight or give you an answer to something that you've been pondering, you know, exactly. that comes together because everyone's got different perspectives. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and I, I would want to acknowledge Isat, the lovely taxi driver from Chatswood, this morning. And it would be such an amazing world if all the taxi drivers were so friendly. <laughs> well, they could be. But, you yeah, maybe if, they had, maybe if they had more, you know, cheerful, grateful passengers. I think sometimes you That's can it. get in the back of the taxi, slam the door shut, you know, but it goes both ways. The other day I got in a cab and it was pouring rain and actually a gentleman I met on the train helped me with my luggage, took me down to the taxi and then we were waiting for the taxi and he said I better get up to the bus. But the taxi driver just pulled up and sat there on the phone Um popped the boot but didn't get out and you know other taxi drivers have have got out and put my bags in the boot and said g'day how are you going and it's you know it's a lovely start but then that man was on the phone the whole time he was driving and I was like I'm in your cab and I wanted to say hello (laughs) 
<laughs> so <laughs> didn't hit a good one there. That was a no. rare. That was rare for you, I would imagine. Yeah, where was Isart that night? <laughs> <laughs> so he rang in. What did he have to say? He was saying something to you on the phone. Oh well, he'd love to talk to you at some stage as well. But um, he really has got a message of encouragement and hope for the world. So oh, he would don't love you to love connect. That. Yeah, beautiful. Well, man. we're going to have more of a chat to Kerry. I'm going to play a song all about connection, called Connected by Eric Bibb, one of my favourite songs. I got my own boots to water Got my own family tree Got my own set of heroes That mean something to me Got my own road to travel My own stories to tell We've been chatting all about connection, what it's like to be connected, feel connected. That's it. When you do feel connected, you feel like you can talk to anyone. Absolutely. And I think people can get so hung up on like how to connect, but if we just relax and be ourselves and you have to have a certain appreciation for yourself. So if you don't, if you think, why would anyone want to talk to me? We'll start writing down some of the things that people acknowledge you for. Like what are your strengths? And, and start realising that maybe you do have something to offer the world. Everyone can offer the world a smile. Yeah, We can all smile at somebody and just make eye contact. And that says, I see you, which was the name of a song you played earlier. Yeah, But just for us to be seen, it really makes a difference yeah. and it lifts your day and it gives somebody a sense of worth. And I think even that is so important. Yeah. We don't know how isolated people are. And you might be the only person that day who acknowledges them and puts a smile on their face. So it's just so, so important. But you don't know where those opportunities take you. Yeah. But I think if you're looking for the opportunities, if you're looking for something for you, you miss out on so much. If you just go in open and willing to give and to serve others, then doors just fly open for everybody. Sometimes I've connected with people and then I've been able to connect them with somebody else. And Absolutely. it's a big win for them. Mm. And it's great. Like there's been young people getting funding from out west because of a gentleman I met on a train. Mm, and fantastic. so, you know, I didn't benefit from that financially myself but I was absolutely chuffed that all of these things are happening because I just, you know, decided to put my computer away and say good morning. Yeah. Well, the isolation might be in you. You might be feeling isolated. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole thing about connecting and giving, it's the secret to life. Yes. It's the yeah. secret to happiness. Yeah. Thank you, Sean Anker. It's the secret <laughs> to happiness. Like stop thinking about what you need and what you want and start thinking about what you can give. That's and right. even if you can't give anything physically like money, mm. you can give a smile yes. or a thought. But also when you are in that mindset of giving, giving love and giving connection and appreciation, 
you're not thinking about your problems. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're and just feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. And your problems miraculously melt away, yeah, funnily enough. They're certainly diminished yeah. and you might even get help. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, but it takes it shifts your focus from that. Yeah. And uh, you, you asked me earlier about being in Sydney this weekend. I'm supporting a conference because it's so important when you come to a conference, you go to learn and to connect. That's the primary reason that people go to a conference. Yeah. But the human brain doesn't do either very well because we've got a whole lot of chatter going on. You know, should I have worn the other suit? Everyone looks more professional. Oh, my gosh, should I really be here? Oh, I've got things I've got to do at home. And so we don't make the most of the learning because we're not listening properly. We're not taking it in. We're not operating in the level that we could be. And then people think, let me write this down or record it so I can listen to it later because they know they're not listening. (laughs) But will you listen to it later? (laughs) Do you know how many conferences I've recorded? I've not listened to one recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I love to help people to get into that safe space to learn and to connect with others so that they go home, you know, having really made the most of the conference. They got more learning than they expected to and they got better relationships out of it than they expected to and they go and they collaborate and mm-hmm. it's extraordinary what's happening. So this has changed your life. You're now travelling the globe speaking professionally. Did you ever think that you would be a professional speaker? I don't think so. Do you know, the other day I was actually asked to speak at June Daly Watkins Business School. Oh, my God. June Daly Watkins' daughter is one of my best friends. Oh, really? See, we have a conversation and you don't know what (laughs) what connections are already there. She's going strong, old June. She's just so inspiring. So, So I stood there at the start of the class and I said to the girls, this is just really quite amazing and exciting to be here because when I was, you know, between 15 and 20, I was just felt so underqualified, so unworthy of being able to go to June Daly Watkins School. My cousin went, but her life was not as complicated as mine. Uh, I just had been so battered by, you know, life circumstances and situations at school that I just didn't have the confidence to see myself as a June Daly Watkins student. And here I was this week as a as a guest speaker. As a guest speaker. Isn't yeah, that and it was just such a privilege mm-hmm. and it was just so much fun. Like mm-hmm. we... The lady out in the office, when we came out, she said, well, that sounded great. I could hear all the laughing and like all of the girls really connected. So I shared my story, which I hadn't planned to share. So I told them about my, you know, 15 to 20 years. And then I shared with them about connecting with confidence, which gave them so much more context. I think people just assume that, you know, it's all right for Kerry because she's just confident. She can just walk into a room and talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. But no, I've had to overcome a lot of shyness and challenge and feeling completely inadequate. Mm -hmm. The reason I know that you can walk into a conference thinking I'm the least adequate, I'm, you know, the least professional. Because you thought it. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And then I found that so many other people do too. Mm -hmm. Ah, Mm. Look, your challenges are there to be overcome. I remember when I was at school, when I was a school kid, if I needed, if a a teacher spoke to me, I would just cry because I was so shy. Yeah. I was just so shy, so excruciatingly shy that if a teacher said to me, hello, Karen, are you all right? I would think, what have I done wrong? I'm in trouble and I just burst into tears so insecure and shy and you know now I'm yapping and talking to everyone on radio speaking all doing all this stuff so yeah you don't do it because you're born like it you do it you become an expert at it because you overcome it yes Mm. and I think we're also empathetic towards people who come in and they are sort of standing towards the edge they look like they're a bit awkward and shy and so we're like gotta go and make them feel welcome (laughs) (laughs) gotta go jump on them We've got to go support them and bring them in so that they feel safe and connected too because we, we get the importance of that and we get 
you know, I've been so encouraged by so many people in my life and so I get the value of encouragement because, gosh, I needed it and I still do. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We need more encouragers in the world. We do. Oh, it's been such a joy and a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fantastic. It's been wonderful. Such an enlightened conversation. So if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to and what you're doing, where do they go? Well, like if they're on Facebook, they can go to the Do Talk to Strangers Facebook group yeah. and uh, send me a little message because there are some people that just want to join groups to spam them. But uh, just send me a note on Facebook, Kerry L. Phipps or Do Talk to Strangers and kerryphipps.com if people want to go and grab the, the book. And obviously on the Facebook page, people post their communication with strangers and photos. Yes, you've, share been, stories. you've been sharing stories. It's a great thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. It's great. I think people encourage each other there with their little stories of connection and how it's put a smile on, you know, lots of faces. And so it increases that. So I love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you as a stranger in a conference a few weeks ago (laughs) and first on Facebook. (laughs) I meet a lot of strangers. I put them on air all the time. (laughs) That's great. It changes your life. (laughs) Thank you, Karen. Thanks, honey. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to go to our Facebook page, Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain on Facebook and show your appreciation. Also review and rate us on iTunes. Just put in Karen Swain in podcasts and you'll find us. If you'd like any more information and you want to listen to other podcasts of the show, go to karenswain.com. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do.